We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Good evening, Bride. Good evening. This is your host tonight of news today i know i'm doing it late but i want to get this news out to you for the weekend of what is happening uh within the department of state in the white house and in the un uh for the weekend okay so well let's go ahead and go through this with the department of state This is a press release given on December 2nd. It says joint community by officials of the government of the United States and the interim government of the Bolivian Republic of Venezuela. Now, Venezuela, I want to remind you, Brad, that we have had talks back and forth for years over Venezuela. Uh, They have been talking to this gentleman that is running or actually won an election. So they say that Madero is in there illegally. So they're really supporting this other guy. It has been all kinds of things, but I wanted you to see that they are working with this other gentleman and he is called the Bolivian Republic of Venezuela. So that's different. And it says, the text of the following statement was released by the government. So we, the government of the United States and the interim government of the Bolivian Republic of Venezuela, recognize the degradation of rule of law in Venezuela due to the illegitimate Maduro regime's lack of will to stop drug trafficking and root out the criminal elements that exploit every corner of Venezuela. Now, I want to remind you, Brad, that uh, they're using a lot of these situations globally to uh, push a lot of the UN agenda. So you'll hear terms like normalization, where they're blending everything together. So let's continue here. On November 24th of 2020, we gathered with like-minded countries for a working meeting on addressing transnational crime, narco trafficking, and other related illicit activities facilitated by the lack of rule of law in Venezuela. So because of that, they came up with these principles. Number one, underscoring our commitment to the principles enshrined in the UN drug treaties, included in the 1961 convention. Enhancing information sharing, which goes back to the data, information sharing on illicit narcotics, contraband, illegal minerals, trafficking in persons, including forced labor, forced criminality, 
sex trafficking, and the forced recruitment of children into armed conflict and money laundering trends and investigations. So I wanted to show you that this is commitments made under the UN Convention. Okay, and then I looked up, what is this Bolivian Republic of Venezuela? Well, this is what it says. Venezuela is officially the Bolivian Republic of Venezuela. Okay, it's a continental landmass and many islands and islands of the Caribbean Sea. The collapsing confidence in the existing parties saw the 1998 Venezuelan presidential election. The catalyst, we know the word catalyst, the catalyst for the Bolivian Revolution, which began with the 1999 Constituent Assembly where a new constitution was imposed. Now, I wanted to point this out, Brad, because of what we are facing today. When it says that the collapse and confidence of the existing, excuse me, Brian, I'm doing this really late, of the existing parties, I think about the two parties that we have right now that are collapsing. And look how it brought in the socialist party in Venezuela. So I say the same may happen to, or is in the process. Of happening does. Now, this is dated December 2nd of 2020, statement by Michael Pompeo from the Department of State. International Day of Persons with Disabilities. December 3rd is the International Day of Persons with Disabilities, a fitting occasion for the United States to reaffirm its commitment to and support for the full inclusion of persons with disabilities in daily life as a community. We point with pride to robust public and private enforcement of the Americans with Disabilities Act and to other federal, state, and local laws that guarantee open and equal access to facilities, markets, jobs, goods, and services. On this International Day of Persons with Disabilities, I am proud to announce the opening of the Access Center at the U.S. Department of State, an interactive facility showcasing assistive technologies that remove barriers for our employees with disabilities. The United States reaffirms our commitment to promoting and protecting the human rights of all and to achieving equal opportunity in education, employment. So I thought it was neat to show you that they have an actual department there. Uh, an actual department. Let me see There we go. Make it a little bit bigger there, okay? All right, this one's dated December 3rd. Special Representative Khalilzad travels to Turkey and Qatar. The U.S. Special Representative for Afghanistan Reconciliation Ambassador Zalmay Khalilzad departed for Ankara on December 2nd. In Turkey, he will discuss international coordination on, and Turkish support for Afghanistan peace negotiations. So I'm thinking, what is Afghanistan peace negotiations? So I researched it. Okay, months after the United States signed a historic agreement with the Taliban and a joint declaration with the Afghan government, Afghan government officials and Taliban representatives met on Saturday in Doha. This was dated September 14th of this year. Qatar for an opening ceremony to officially mark the start of peace negotiations. So it started there in September. These issues include women's rights, the role of civil society, and regional stability and security. Okay, then it says the future of peace in Afghanistan is important not only for the people of Afghanistan, but also for the United States and its regional partners and allies. The conflict has been costly for both Afghanistan and the United States. Listen to this. 43,000 civilians, 58,500 Afghan police officers and soldiers 2,350 U.S. troops and 1,500 coalition forces have been killed 
and the United States is spent between what? $822 billion and more than $1 trillion on its counterinsurgency and reconstruction efforts in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Can you believe this, right? Can you believe that our government spends this much money on foreign countries when we have all these people here that are starving? Isn't, I just, I find it shocking. Anyway. Okay, let's scroll on down. With the start of intra-Afghan negotiations, the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan commits to start diplomatic engagement with members of the UN Security Council to remove members of Taliban from the sanctions list with the aim of achieving the objective by May 29, 2020, and in any case, no later than 30 days after finalizing a framework. All right, well, let's move on. This is December 3rd here. Sanctions on Iranian entities involved in chemical weapons activities of concern. The United States condemns any Iranian regime involvement in a chemical weapons program and will sanction those involved in such activity. Today, the United States designated Iranian defense entity Shahid Mahizni Group and its director under Executive Order 13382 which targets proliferators of weapons of mass destruction, delivery system, and their supporters. The United States is concerned about the regime's true intent with regard to the testing and production of the so-called chemical incapacitation agents, which could be used either to further oppress Iranian citizens or for offensive purposes. The United States remains firmly committed to countering the full range of the regime's malign activities and expects the international community to maintain vigilance against the regime's illicit capabilities and behaviors. All right, now see, tonight, Bride, I am giving you the news uh, based on, let me get this over here. Uh, based on the Secretary of State and the White House. So let's go on to the White House news. Okay, this is dated December 4th, which is today or yesterday now, because it's one o'clock in the morning, but National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. This is by the President of the United States. On the morning of December 7th, 1941, Imperial Japanese forces in ambushed the naval station Pearl Harbor on the Hawaiian island of Oahu. Tragically, 2,403 Americans perished during the attack, including 68 civilians. On this National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, we solemnly honor and uphold the memory of the patriots who lost their lives that day, a day which will live in infamy, and we reflect on the courage of all those who served our nation with honor in the Second World War. Okay, so there's, I wanted you to know that this was the National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Okay, dated December 4th, this is a statement by the President. Today I have signed into law H.R. 835, the Anti Doping Act of 2019. How many out there have heard of an anti doping act? The act imposes criminal sanctions on certain persons involved in international doping fraud conspiracies and provides restitutions for victims of such conspiracies. You can check that out if you want to know more. President Trump is working to restore American jobs and prosperity. This is coming from the White House. Okay, so uh, the director, Larry Kudlow, said, now, this is their, uh, you know, voice to the nation of how the economy looks. Listen to this. I think we're way ahead of expectations, and I think the economy is still fundamentally sound with, ta with tax cuts and rollback of regulations. 
and better trade policies instituted by President Donald Trump. Help is on the way, he says. The vaccines will be available. It's a miracle. President Trump's warp speed program, it was a miracle how we've gotten to this and the economy. We are still in a V-shaped recovery. So the CEA, the White House Council of Economic Advisors, despite newly imposed lockdowns by states and local governments, the unemployment rate has dropped by eight percentage points. Since April, as of November, there were 4 million more Americans with the job than with the CBO in July estimated would occur year in. All right, so he says, and it's a global event. I mean, all the countries are having the same problems, but I will say this. President's Operation Warp Speed, which he developed, led, and produced is on the way. And I just say help is on the way. Vaccines are a week or two away. Listen, Brad, listen. A week or two away. We'll get 20 million plus by the end of this month. 20 million vaccines by the end of December, he's saying. 40 million by January and up to 100 million by late March and April. So there you have it, Brad. Okay, I wanted to show you HR 5901. Okay, it passed in the Senate on November 17th. Okay, this one is called, what is it called? Oh, no, Brad, looky here. The president signed this one. This bill requires, it's called the Information Technology Modernization Centers of Excellence Program Act. This bill requires the General Services Administration to establish an Information Technology Modernization Center of Excellence program to facilitate the adoption of modern technology by executive agencies. So the president signed this, bribe. He signed it, yes, on the 3rd. So now let's look at another executive order that he signed, and this is dated December 3rd. Promoting the use of trustworthy artificial intelligence in the federal government. Can you believe it, Brad? He says the purpose. Artificial intelligence promises to drive the growth of the United States economy and improve the quality of life of all Americans. In alignment with the executive order 13859 of February 11th of 2019, Maintaining American leadership in our artificial intelligence, executive departments and agencies have recognized the power of AI to improve their operations, processes, and procedures, meet strategic goals, reduce costs, enhance oversight of the use of taxpayer funds, increase efficiency and mission effectiveness, improve quality of services, improve safety, train workforces, and support decision-making by the federal workforce, among other positive developments. Given the broad applicability of AI, nearly every agency and those served by those agencies can benefit from the appropriate use of AI. Agencies are already leading the way to the use of AI by applying it to accelerate regulatory reform review federal solicitations for regulatory compliance, combat fraud, waste, and abuse committed against taxpayers, identify information security threats, and assess trends in related illicit activities, enhance the security and interoperability of federal government information systems, facilitate review of large data sets, streamline processes for grant applications, model weather patterns, facilitate predictive maintenance, and much more. Agencies are encouraged to continue to use AI when appropriate to benefit the American people. The ongoing adoption and and acceptance of AI will depend significantly on public trust. Agencies must therefore design, develop, acquire, and use AI in a manner 
that fosters public trust and confidence while protecting privacy, civil rights, civil liberties, and American values consistent with applicable law and the goals of Executive Order 13859. You can read all the rest of that, Brad. But I just wanted you to see that he wrote that. Okay, on December 2nd, the POTUS said, the constitutional process must be allowed to continue. We are going to defend the honesty of the vote by ensuring by ensuring that every legal ballot is counted and that no illegal ballot is counted. So he is still fighting, Brad, still fighting. Okay, now I want to move on to something. Look at this. Now, this is according to the National Evangelical Association. Okay, this is dated November 12th. Now, when was the elections, Brad? Was it not like November 3rd, November 4th, something like that? So this is one week later. Okay, they said, a call to prayer for the president-elect and vice president-elect and for unity in the nation. Okay, so they say at the end of a long and divisive election count cycle taking place amid a devastating pandemic, we join together as faith leaders from across the political, religious, and ideological spectrum to express our desire for our country to come together in a spirit of peace and unity. It is a time to move beyond a season of partisanship and now focus on our shared future as a nation. We pray for President-elect Joe Biden, current President Donald Trump, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, and current Vice President Mike Pence for cooperation during this transition period and for a peaceful transfer of power. Now, you tell me how the, the uh, National Association of Evangelicals even knew about this. This is what I want to know. Okay. Uh, at that time, were they not still fighting over the election? They're still fighting over the election today. So how can they pray for a transition of power when there's not even been named a winner yet? Do you see what I mean? So look what they say, Brian. We pray that our leaders will listen and speak to all Americans, including those who feel they have been left out or unheard. We pray they will help Americans come together, heal, and serve the common good. I thought, what? You cannot make this up. The common good, that is an ecumenical term for sure. Then when you scroll on down, it says, we pray for the American people that they respect the results of our free and fair election. They're calling it free and fair, but the president is not. And join us in wishing for the success of our, all our elected and appointed leaders, including President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, no matter who they voted for. And then they say President George H.W. Bush called the, majest the majesty of the democratic system. Can you believe that? Is America a democratic system? May the Trump administration and Biden transition team successfully collaborate to ensure the continuity of, the, of essential government functions that best serves the American people at this crucial moment. I'm like, what the world? Okay, then it says, throughout our history, we have risen together to meet daunting challenges. Since the drafting of the Declaration of Independence, we have made substantial progress toward a future that realizes the promise that all human beings are created equal. Man. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. This is from the Secretary of State again. This is dated 12-3. And this talks about the political persecution of Hong Kong democracy advocates. Okay, the United States is appalled by the Hong Kong government's political persecution of Hong Kong's courageous pro-democracy advocates. 
then you scroll on down, it says, Hong Kong's people should be free to exercise the rights guaranteed to them under the basic law, the Sino-British Joint Declaration, a UN-registered treaty, and the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Okay, here's another one. This is dated December 3rd. This is a media note. The United States and Japan joined with Vietnam to advance shared energy goals. How many remembers me telling you about the UN Energy Initiative? This is part of that. Under Secretary Kroc, emphasized the growing role of LNG in developing a network, they call it the clean network, a network of clean and secure energy markets as the region prepares to diversify energy resources. The United States and Japan commend Vietnam's leadership in upholding commitments made at Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum three years ago, including Vietnam's enacting of legislation to spur private sector investment and support market leg growth. Vietnam has made great strides to diversify and invest in energy security for its future. All right, Brad, let me pull up this other screen here real quick. Hold on here a minute. Switch my screen. All right, here we go. Here's, I'm going to show you a few articles. Now, this is from the World Economic Forum. It says, trust me, I'm a doc bot. Three steps to get closer to AI-driven healthcare. If dog bots were more trusted, integrated, and reimbursable by health insurance, they could become the GPS of primary health care. Dog bots can support physicians and become primary care providers, especially in places where there's a shortage of medical services. Does anybody see a trend here? Hmm. Does anybody notice how uh, here in the state of Tennessee, our governor had to call in the uh, National Guard because we don't have enough doctors and stuff to help with our uh, hospitals. So is this what they're working towards, is getting robots as doctors? Docbots have significant advantages. They never tire. They continuously learn improve, adapt, and they're inexpensive. The coronavirus pandemic is accelerating the adoption. Oh, so they're using this to bring in robots, huh? Of AI-driven primary care chatbots, which also goes back to them bringing in. In the United States and Europe, healthcare networks, hospitals, insurers, and startups have rushed out these dot bots to help millions of people diagnose on demand for COVID-19 and receive information on next steps. You can read more about this. Wow. All right, let's go on to the next piece of news here. Pastor urges Trump to shoot Democrats, journalists, if they conspired to regulation. Oh, okay, that was... That was Rick Wiles that did that. Okay, I've already reported on that. All right. FEMA concentration camps 2020, the location of them. Wow, look at all this. What the? FEMA is the executive arm of the coming police state and thus will head up all opera. Somebody sent me this. I don't know the source of this, so I probably should not show it. Okay, so let's go to the next thing. Okay, clinicaltrials.gov from the U.S. National Library of Medicine. Look at here, Brad. They have got a whole database of clinical trials, 4,000 participants, parallel assessments, persuasive messages for COVID-19 vaccine. All right, I haven't been able to read this, so I won't be able to do it, but I just wanted to show you this does exist. 
This is a test study that's actually online. And they're on clinicaltrials.gov, Brian. You can check it out. Okay, the monetary reset. All right, all right. We know that's coming. All right, here we go. United States and more than 30 other nations signed declaration that there is no international right to abortion and that the family is fundamental to society. Okay, the U.S. and 32 other nations signed a declaration last week that made clear that no international right to abortion and highlighted the foundational importance of family unity to society. You believe this? And you believe this? See, they do this, plus they roll out with the uh, plan of the LGBTQ to steamroll the family. The document called the Geneva Consensus Declaration on Promoting Women's Health and Strengthening the Family and co-sponsored by the U.S. Brazil. I need to. I want to read that. What does it say? Okay, you can't get in. That's it. Better health for women, preservation of human life, strengthen the family's foundational unit of society, protecting every nation's national sovereignty and global politics. Okay, I'd have to know more about it. Under President Trump's leadership, the United this is him talk this is Secretary Pompeo. The United States has defended the dignity of human life everywhere and always. He's done it like no other president in history. We've also mounted an unprecedented defense of the unborn abroad. In front of world leaders at the 2019 United Nations General Assembly, which I was there, President Trump said, we in America believe that every child born and unborn is a sacred gift from God. Yes. So there's the 33 nations. Okay, well, I told you, Brian, that that is one of the things that they're using to pull together in this global unity. Because who doesn't? I mean, who wants Okay, let's go to the next thing. Look at this. It's called govpredict.com. Federal, state, and local responses to the coronavirus. So this is like a place for you to go and do a lot of research. Okay. So you can check this out. Federal bills related to the coronavirus. See, this will be very interesting. Okay, so that's a resource for you, Brian. Okay, what's the next thing? NPR, as vaccine approvals loom, the U.S. funds a backup plan for delivery. Dated November 19th. As the nation gears up for a massive vaccination effort, the Trump administration is doubling down on novel, unproven injection device by providing more than half a billion dollars in government financing for something still awaiting Food and Drug Administration approval. Okay, all right. You can read more on that. So let's move forward here. Freshly pardoned Michael Flynn shares message telling Trump to suspend the Constitution to hold a new presidential election. What the world? This is dated December 2nd. Retired General Michael Flynn is fresh off a presidential pardon and ready to get back into some trouble. President Trump pardoned his short-lived National Security Advisor last week after Flynn had previously pled guilty to, excuse me, to lying to the FBI about his contacts with a Russian ambassador. All right, well, let's move to the next thing. This is WMC Channel 5. Governor signs order authorizing National Guard to deploy to Tennessee hospitals. There it is, Brad. Governor Bill Lee signed the executive order Friday invoking emergency authority to deploy the state and National Guard to Tennessee's hospitals facing dwindling capacity in the midst of COVID-19 surge. All right, so let's go to the next thing. This is in Baker'sHospitalReview.com. How grocery stores, retail pharmacies are prepping for COVID-19 vaccine distribution. 
HHS has signed contracts with dozens of grocery and pharmacy chains to provide vaccines once one is approved. Food City, which runs more than 100 pharmacies in the South, has purchased 30 medical-grade freezers for $500 each to store vaccines, the journal reported. The chain also bought devices to monitor freezer temperatures and dozens of containers to store used syringes. Albertsons, which owns the grocery store chains, Jewel, Osco, and Vons, told the journal it's coordinating with government agencies around the country to build cold storage capacity for vaccines that need to be stored at low temperatures. All right, so you can read that. Okay, H, this is on congress.gov. House Resolution 1244, providing for consideration of the bill, H.R. 3884, to decriminalize and deschedule cannabis to provide for reinvestment in certain persons adversely impacted by the war on drugs to provide for expungement of certain cannabis offenses and other persons, other purposes. Uh, this is by a Democrat. All right, so let's move on to the next thing. According to Christian headlines, planets will align causing rare Christmas star to appear in the sky in December. This is dated December 1st. On December 21st, Saturn and Jupiter will align into a beautiful bright star. This will be the first time they align like this since the Middle Ages. According to Forbes, the two planets will look like a double planet and provide an extraordinary amount of light. The last time these two planets aligned like this was on March 4th, 1226. According to astronomer Patrick Hardigan at Rice University, that'd be neat, huh? Okay, here it is about the National Association of Evangelicals, a call to prayer. They join with faith leaders from across all things. So they ask them to sign this uh, document, right? Okay, and World Relief, that's a union organization. All right, well, let's check this out, Brad. Hey, look, these are their featured members. We're talking Church of God, Convoy of Hope, First Baptist Church. All right, so this is the National Association of Evangelicals. So let's see what their statement is, Brad. It's called faithandelections.com. Faith Leaders United. November 12th, a call to prayer for the president-elect. Okay, I'll read you all this. All right, all right. We pray for our elected officials in the United States Senate, all levels of government. We pray for the American people, respect free and fair elections, peaceful transition of power. May the Trump administration and Biden team successfully collaborate. All human beings are created equal. That should make you pause. Since the drafting of the Constitution, progress toward a future. Okay. All right. So, I was looking down through here. I was checking it out, checking it out. And then I noticed, never submit passwords to Google. This form was created inside of Values Partnerships. So, I thought, what is Values Partnerships? And then I looked over here. Looky here, we are values. It's a social impact agency. Hmm, are we talking UN values? Yes, this is a UN initiative. Look at all the problems that they solved, Brad. Look. Some of the top companies, brands, and organizations in the company country. Look. Amazon, OWN, Oprah, Winfrey, Paramount, 21st Century, Walmart, MGM, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. No way. You are kidding me with the evangelicals. Our work makes an impact, so let's partner together. Together. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Now, the president signed this today, Brad. 
He signed it. It's called HR 1668, the Internet of Things, Cybersecurity Improvement Act of 2020. And guess what? He signed it, and it's from a Democrat. He has signed bill after bill from the Democrats that don't ever think they're all fighting and they don't ever get do anything together. They do, Brad. They're all together. They're all together. All right, so looking here, this is done by Representative Robin Kelly from Illinois. All right, so here's a little bit. Here's the actual document, okay? So this begun and held at the city of Washington on Friday, the third day of January 2020, okay? You can go through here and read. You can only imagine what's in here, Brad. But I just wanted to scroll down here for a little bit. First of all, let me explain in case you do not understand what is the Internet of Things. I feel like I can speak on this as an expert because I wrote a book five years ago based upon my journey to London when I was in grad school back in 2012. Okay, the Internet of Things is the actual name of the beast. It is, you know, the beast is the AI. Right, so the Internet of Things is the name of it. And what it is, it's where everything has a computer chip. So they have a computer chip in your cars, in your appliances, in your house, on your phones. Everything is computerized, right? Now they want to go inside your body and they want you to be a thing, an Internet of Things. But now they have actually come up with a name for it called the Internet of Bodies. Of Bodies. So they want everything connected. So they want to uh, find out what's going on inside of you. They want to match all of the systems out there, right? So now that you understand what they mean by Internet of Things, you'll be able to understand this a little bit better. All right, so let's see here. This gets really deep on this. Guidelines on the disclosure process for security vulnerabilities relating to information systems, including Internet of Things devices. Now, Internet of Things devices, phones, computers, cars, appliances, houses, uh, really, it's everything. Not later than 180 days after the date of the enactment of this act, the director of the Institute, in consultation with such cyber security researchers and private sector industry experts as the director considers appropriate, and in consultation with the secretary, shall develop and publish under Section 20 of the National Institutes of Standard and Technology Act the guidelines. For the reporting, coordinating, publishing, and receiving of information about what, Brian? A security vulnerability related to information systems owned and controlled by an agency, including Internet of Things devices owned or controlled by an agency, and the resolution of such vulnerability, and for a contractor providing to an agency an information system, including an Internet of Things device and a subcontractor thereof, for any tier providing such information systems and such contractor, et cetera, et cetera. You can go through here, Brad, and read this forever in a day. I just wanted you to see that he signed this today, Brad. He sure did. Okay, now, this is the Internet, I mean, the United Nations uh, resolution that was signed about the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, I'm going to post all of these, Brad, all these uh, links so that you will be able to research all this stuff. They did this today, Brad. They, what, what was, I'm talking about yesterday on the 4th, they actually had a meeting uh, in New York on the 3rd and the 4th. 
and they are deciding the fate of all of us about the uh, what's happening right now with the vaccine. So I tried to go in and I tried to look at their video, but it will not let me. So apparently it was only allowed to be watched when the speakers were actually speaking. So this is probably the closest thing that we can get to right now uh, that has any clue about what they're talking about. Like, uh, let's see, let's read something here. Representatives of non-governmental organizations in consultative status with the Economic and Social Council are invited to participate in a special session within accordance with the rules of procedure and established practice of the General Assembly. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Oh, here it is. Okay. This is what I was trying to tell you. The special session of the General Assembly in response to the coronavirus disease, COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, so see how the cloud is not available right now. Special session of the General Assembly in response to the coronavirus disease pandemic called UNGAD. Hey, let's look at that hashtag. See, it's December 3rd and 4th at the headquarters in New York. So let's let's do the hashtag. UNGAD. Netherlands at the UN on Twitter, minister something on statement, UN calls on countries to join ACT Accelerator. Huh, what is that? UNGA president, which is the uh, General Assembly president on Twitter. I thank Ambassador Allen for nominating me for Take the Ball as the world gathers. Let's see. Brian Gass on COVID-19. It's up to all of us to take a shot at SG Health and Wellbeing. I passed the ball. Oh, Lord, this is a new uh, campaign they got going. Did you hear that? He said, it's time for everyone to commit to SDGs for all ages. What are SDGs, Bride? Sustainable Developmental Goals? It's the Agenda 2030. Universal health coverage? All right. Uh, let's go back and see who what we got here. All right, this is the UN. I need to follow him. Let me follow him. UNGA president. Okay. Day two of UN gas on COVID-19 continues today. Yesterday, we heard from the member states at the highest political level their commitment to combat this disease. Today, we will listen and learn from the experts during interactive dialogues. So there's the picture. This video is not available to watch. All right. 
right, let's see what the next thing is. So I already told you about that bill. Information Technology Modernization Center for Excellence. All right, Brian. Well, that's all I had for you tonight. That is it for your news today. I just wanted you to know all these uh, before I leave for the weekend. So I will see you all on Monday. And I pray you have a wonderful, wonderful, well, I'll see you on Sunday at church. Uh, and I pray that y'all have a wonderful uh, weekend. God bless. Treehouse Publishers presents Author and White House Correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books. As she traveled the country in obedience to God-serving ministries, her books are about the Bride of Christ, preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Dr. June released four books this year about current day situations such as judgment, technology, tribulation days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions, exposes the one world religion agenda, Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda, this book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? The human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American Quad books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. June's books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book please go to treehousepublishers.com. Thank you.